You're listening to The Bounding Box, where we talk about web development, geo-development, and everything in between. All right, welcome to The Bounding Box. Today, I'm here with a special guest here. I'm here with Adam Torella. Adam, please introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, what's your problem? Awesome. Thanks. Happy to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. I always kind of wanted to say that. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, my name is Adam. Um, I'm a senior UI developer on the CalSite Design System team. I've been with Esri for closing in on six years, which in the Esri world is not super long, but I feel like I'm finally starting to get an understanding and appreciation of the scope of things here. Uh, so day to day, I'm building components. Uh, it might be in Figma, it might be uh, in Stencil, um, and I'm working with teams internally and sometimes externally uh, to kind of help promote CalSite um, and ensure that you know we're delivering something that our customers internally, uh, product teams internally, and customers externally really need. Nice, man. Yeah, I mean, you guys are in a special spot, right? Because CalSite is a a product, but it's also used heavily internally by product groups to build products, right? So you have uh, your external users and internal users. I mean, how do you guys manage all that? Because you're getting feedback left and right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, CalSite, as you mentioned, kind of in a unique place. Um, it predates my time here by a few years. Um, and it kind of came about um, internally as product teams were just like, hey, you know, design system thinking is kind of taking off. Esri doesn't really have uh, maybe a solution to this, but like most things, um, there are some interested parties internally that kind of came together that that created a lot of resources um, that made it easier for folks to share design ideas and, and you know, attempts at frameworks over the years. Um, so yeah, we work with product teams internally. Um, you mentioned that we're also kind of posited as a product, uh, so you can find us on the developer site alongside our SDKs um, and things like that. But yeah, we have many customers. We have many hats to wear. Um, and in some some ways, uh, the cart came a little bit before the horse, um, so to speak, with CalSite being available to the general public and us having to make sure that this is you know not just something that internal folks can rely on, but external folks can get excited about and want to build apps with. Um, so yeah, we have uh, quite a few, you know, directives, so to speak. Um, and it's kind of an interestingly positive design system in that in that way. Yeah, because I know like um, with, uh, you know, it's, it's terms like ArcGIS core, right, building out and other products. I mean, CalSite is pretty much the base, right? Um, and it's it's interesting too because ArcGIS Core is settled on a version of CalSite that's being used for like all the widgets stuff like that. Then apps that build on top of that are also settled on a version of Core, so they stick with that version of CalSite. And then once everyone wants to update something, it's like okay, where can we update? Where can we not? And CalSite's done a really good job. Um, I think that was like the past year. There was a big push to get like strong uh, Semver in place and strong versioning, and it's really nice now to know that i can stick with a you know a, a patched version and i'll be okay <laughs> i don't have to expect that i'll uh, worry about too much stuff going wrong for me i'll be fine yeah yeah absolutely and i mean we have like i mentioned a lot of great efforts there was calcite react calcite web calcite bootstrap um, all these kinds of things that had a, a paper trail um so to speak across the internet so we've we've kind of tried to get rid of those external references where we can hopefully build some trust up with with calcite uh, you you mentioned the semver thing which is which has been great but calcite components um, you know calcite components is an artifact of the larger design system 
and for a lot of our external users, that will be the touch point to CalSite Design System, and for a lot of our internal folks as well. Um, so, you know, I think that because Esri historically has been a developer experience focused company when looking at design, so to speak, um, a lot of folks interaction with the design system is CalSite components, but there's a lot more than that too as well, right? So, you know, it's interesting to see how design system thinking has grown at a company like Esri, um, where it might be posited a little bit differently than, you know, other enterprise companies that have design systems. Nice. Now, Adam, you yourself, you're pretty interesting too, because you, you do design work, but you're also developer, right? So you, you kind of got your hands in a lot of different pots in that regard. Is that correct? Yep. Now, how'd that well, come about? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> did, did you go, did you, uh, did you I mean, did you stay design or development first or just kind of they came into play together at some point for you? I definitely started uh, from a, you know, design standpoint, I think, in my digital product career, so to speak. Um, you know, I consider myself a product generalist, right, which doesn't uh. quite answer your question in any way. <laughs> um, you know, I was, I, w I went to college for geography, actually, um, in public right. planning at University of Oregon. So I've always, I ended up taking a circuitous route to work at Esri. Um, but before that, I had a handful of jobs that had really stemmed from, uh, I worked at the outdoor program at U of O uh, as a graphic designer making, you know, trifold brochures and event posters. And from there, I started editing, you know, a WordPress site to post a new event date and kind of that, you know, gradual interest in development alongside my graphic design uh, work kind of came about. So out of school, I did not use my geography degree at all. I kind of went down the <laughs> startup digital product space thing. I went to work in San Francisco kind of during the heart of all that startup stuff. So what that meant is I was always on some very small teams, often as a sole UI designer. Um, I guess the role would have been there, but you know what that afforded me was the opportunity to sit next to a developer, which back then we were probably using like Django or Angular 2 or something, right? <laughs> and as a designer, I was, you know, I was at a point in my career where I was like, well, I really want to make the stuff that I'm designing, right? And on a team that's small, um, you're kind of afforded the opportunity to pick that stuff up. So definitely consider myself a designer, um, a product person, but I've, I've picked up the UI engineering part to kind of, you know, make it easier for myself, I think, to realize some of those design ideas. And I think that's a really valuable skill. And I think at, at Esri, we're in a really great position with the folks that we hire um, because we do, I think, look for that kind of product generalist um, you know, obviously we have specialized roles, especially on our product teams uh, like UX and research, but um, I think we do a good job at, at, you know, making sure that a lot of folks that work at Esri and work in the Esri kind of sphere um, are really multifaceted like that. Yeah, it's really cool like that, um, especially developers like you, because you are a great bridge between, say, like we have a whole creative team at Esri that comes up with our um, uh, our designs and stuff like the, all like the like I guess like typography type stuff and CalSite Web. Well, what was CalSite Web? Kind of like the whole design for CalSite. They come up with this, these ideas, and you're a, a great gap between that of what this looks great, yes, but how can I translate that into what can actually be used? Right? There's that 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 little gap there sometimes that uh, uh, needs a little bit of engineering tweak, which comes in really handy. Absolutely, and I think honestly, I think it goes 
both ways, right? I, I see developers kind of sell their design chops short a lot of the time. Um, you know, this is not specific to Ezra. This is across the industry as a whole. Um, developers can kind of, or what I see developers often do is like, oh, I'm not a designer. I'm going to hand this off complete. And it's like, well, no, you, you are a designer, right? You're a product person. You work very closely, especially in front end to the product. Um, so I, I, I would like to see uh, developers kind of take a little bit more ownership sometimes of, of the design because they are, you know, at the end of the day, building digital products. One of my like hat tips on the uh, ArcGIS Maps SDK for JavaScript is the mobile version of the expand widget, right? So when the expand widget first came out, it was just a like, you know, little button and you click the button and it would open like a little window with the widget in it or whatever content you want, right? Well, at the time we didn't have uh, a different UI for the mobile. It just kind of did the same thing. So I was like talking to someone on the team. I was like, hey, you know, wouldn't it be kind of cool if it had like a slider to come out on a on the small screen servers, kind of better real estate. And I was just kind of, you know, talking smack. And I was like, well, make a PR, man, do it. So I did. That, that's my one hat tip there. But I did it without any consultation from like our design folks. So I just kind of did it. And it's been on the, the table to like redo ever since, right? Like yeah, I was good for a few releases that nobody really gave me a hard time about. Then after they're like, who did this? <laughs> and I was like, well, I, that was me. Sorry. But I think it still works okay. But I, I admit it probably could have a better uh, UI in some way, maybe tweaks here and there. So we're, we're looking at redoing that at some point down the road. But that was one time I took, I took a chance. And I said, I'm going to try out some CSS stuff and, some media queries and see what I can do here. And it, it actually did work. I was pretty proud of that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's a great example. And, you know, not just CalSide. Again, I generally design systems and, and they can take many different forms, right? There's no right answer. What IBM's design system might look significantly different than Shopify's design system. Um, hopefully, all of these tools and, and guidance and guardrails make it easier for folks that are not day-to-day -day designers to make that step, like you just said, you know, hey, let me build something, let's see how this works. Um, because a lot of the time they, you know, developers possess the, the knowledge to make a really, really great design. And even now today, something like that would be way easier now, because you got, I think CalSite just added a CalSite sheet, which kind of would serve the purpose of what we try to do on a mobile device, which is really cool. So I would definitely look into doing that. Um, also the uh, expand widget in general, uh, I think maybe we could tweak a bit to maybe use like popover or something like that it would be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, now, now all those things just make things easier for us now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that intersection between CalSite again, which, you know, as a design system has things like icons and colors and typography with CalSite components, which is the, you know, kind of UI manifestation of that. Um, but they're really Lego pieces, right? You mentioned sheet. That is a great, I'm super excited that we added that because that was a huge missing kind of mobile story and even desktop uh, side story. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 really the intersection of those Lego pieces uh, with the widgets, right? The widgets and with map components, which we'll talk about soon, I'm sure, uh, more and more will hopefully begin to look like they're from CalSite. But in reality, it's another design system that's kind of built on top of CalSite. And that's that's totally awesome to see. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So this, you brought it up. Let's talk about map components a little bit because, um, I mean, so to get, so map components, just so that people know is the, um, 
web components that wrap the ArcGIS maps SDK for JavaScript, right? Essentially that's what they do. Um, but the inspiration for that really is a lot of the work that CalSite's already done, the same kind of tech that CalSite uses to build their web components were used to build map components. Tell us a little bit about how that works and stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, so when, you know, we were deciding to build CalSite components, um, we really wanted to build something that was as agnostic to our end users as possible, again, internally and externally. Um, so I think like Polymer lit elements were out then as well. Um, and at Esri, obviously, we have every front end language known to you know humanity in use at, at one team or another, right? So we didn't want to build an Angular library. We didn't want to build a React library specifically. Um, we were looking at technology that allowed us to build something that got, you know, 80% of the way there in most frameworks. And this was a few React versions ago, so that was more of an issue than it is today. Um, but we ended up going with Stencil. It's a, I enjoy writing components. They kind of, they kind of feel like React class components. You know, a lot of the lifecycle methods are similar, so actually writing them is is kind of fun. Um, and then as an end user, you can just import you know, a couple of lines and especially for, our, um, you know, external developers, you can begin to build a application in, in two minutes, right? Um, and that's a really powerful, you know, thing that you get by using these web components. Um, and I think map components is just kind of building on that, right? Taking what we, we didn't start <laughs> the web component initiative. Um, I think you might've been one of the folks that had a, a brown bag that kind of, uh, kicked the tires a little bit and then we took that and said hey this is a cool idea maybe we could see if if we could distribute these web components um and i think map components is going to build on that yeah there was a, a few years ago i think when i first started at esri like first couple of years or so we there was a lot of interest uh myself patrick arl had a, a couple i think he had a brown bag session at one point on web components as well and it was always like this is a really cool idea but browser limitations and just technology limitations really kind of limited what we can do. There wasn't like full support everywhere. Uh, only like, I think maybe 75% of the features of web components were supported and even Chrome Canary type of thing. Right. Um, so it wasn't really a viable solution at that point. And then, you know, eventually um, the tech caught up to it and we were able to just go full force. We, a lot, a lot of it also had to do with the fact that we were able to drop like um, IE 11, support, which I know you say that today and people are like, oh my God, that's so old. But realistically, and in, in the enterprise world, IE11 support didn't go away until maybe like, a, what, two years ago or so, right? So it, you have to think about that when you're looking at what you need to support versus what you want to do, right? So um, yeah, it was, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. And like you said, the map components are um, taking that uh, inspiration from CalSite and building with stencil and stuff. And it's a great library to build um, components on. Uh, like you, you mentioned like Lit and stuff like that. And Lit is fine. I've used Lit. It's got a really nice templating, um, uh, lang uh, no, template strings, stuff you can do. But the problem for us and uh, we found with developers that work on web components is there's no IntelliSense, right? Like you're, you're just, they're just strings with Lit. Whereas with Stencil, you get all of that, which is really nice because we're writing TypeScript and stuff, right? So. Huge for us. I'm gonna put it back to you. How do you use CalSite? How has it kind of changed your, uh, you know, day to day? You obviously don't use CalSite for everything because your role transcends CalSite. Uh, <laughs> but 
how has it affected kind of your day to day here? I tell you, a lot of my Kelsite usage um, comes from using like the app shell and layout stuff. Because I, I come from an era where we were using a lot of like Dojo layout stuff to do things. And there was all these really cool things that Dojo had early on. And I'm always going to go with that. Uh, Dojo already did that thing. There's a, a video out there someone did years ago on that, talking about various things that new frameworks do. But Dojo had these really neat layout tools you can do to uh, build your apps and stuff. And even um, sliders like to expand the pages and whatnot. And the Calcite um, app shell and stuff like that really uh, lends a lot of that power now, right? I mean, I could build these uh, toolbars and stuff, and I can have all these action bars and buttons, that floating action buttons even, that can uh, do certain things for me. And I think I even have a horizontal action bar now. Is that correct? I can do that today? You can do that today. Yes. I, at one point, there was not a way to do like a horizontal action bar. And I used I just get really upset I couldn't do that. I could live with it. But I was like, Matt, why can't I just have a toolbar at the top? I guess it's cool to have them at the side, but I want it at the top. And it's cool that I can do that now. So I'm really excited about stuff like that, right? I think it just opens up a whole um, easier way for people to build apps pretty quickly, too. Because um, Calcite already has a lot of these patterns down. There's one that's a really great tutorial on the Calcite site on uh, creating a mapping application with Calcite that really covers like the the shell and the action bars and the panels and how you would hide the panels and toggle them and stuff. It, it's not a long tutorial at all, maybe 15 minutes or so, but it really gives you a good idea of what you can do with Calcite. And then you can really just go all the way with certain things with it, right? Like there's some things I don't know how to use. Like I don't know what a scrim is, for example. I see people talk about it all the time. I've never used it. I don't know what it is. I'm, just, I'm assuming it's cool because so many people talk about it, but I don't know what it is. But it's fine because if I don't know what it is, I probably don't need it at the moment. I'm sure that at a time I'm going to come with a situation where I need this certain thing. I don't know what it's called, but I need it. And someone's going to tell me, oh, you want a scrim, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, we can talk about the scrim, and uh, I do want to touch on the developer site that you mentioned. So, for folks listening, um, if you do want to check out Calcite Design System, we reside within uh, the developer experience site. So you'll find us alongside all of the other SDK docs. Um, we have component playgrounds, um, an icon search, documentation, and tutorials, as as was mentioned. Um, and we also have feedback, right? So maybe you want a horizontal action bar or whatever that white whale is for you. <laughs> you can uh, give feedback either through the community page, uh, GitHub if you're comfortable, um, and then hopefully we can work through that, um, you know, that enhancement or request with you. Um, but to go back to Scrim, I, it's interesting that you said you didn't know what it was because I think this is a really interesting illustration of how uh, design systems are, are different all over the place, right? So a Scrim, uh, it's an overlay, right? It's what comes up behind a modal. It's what oh. you can sometimes tap to dismiss, but that's a nomenclatural thing, right? Maybe you just didn't know the word Scrim. And this is why there's no right or wrong answer in a design system because everybody or every you know app team Every product community that uses a design system calls something, you know, a little bit differently. I think Atlassian, um, they call that a blanket, right? So okay. it's these like endemic knowledge things that Calcite needs to do a better job at kind of spreading the word about. Um, but yeah, they're they're basically the things that show up behind a modal, and you know, usually you'd hope you could tap to dismiss it. Um, so I, I guess, I guess if I were looking for a modal, it would come up, and I would be like, okay, I I, I get it. 
yeah, I gotta admit that the name doesn't stand out to me as its purpose, but I'm sure if I looked up that name somewhere, it's probably in some book, <laughs> right? But yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the app, the shell that you mentioned is, is you know, I think the most valuable part of, of CalSite's offering, right? That kind of layout stack, so to speak, the shell panel, the panel, the block. Um, and what I'm really excited about is how we can work with uh, the Maps SDK and Map Components to um, hopefully solve what I think is a little bit of a pain point and others might have experienced it, is that intersection between view UI and shell panel placement. Um, maybe you, you know, whatever, you have a popover and you want to dock it, and that's yeah. coming from the map. But you have a shell panel that's positioned in the upper right corner, and they're unaware of one another. So you're you're in this this zone where it's like, okay, I need to move my view UI around in the map SDK. CalSite isn't aware of those things. And I think that's somewhere over this next year, we have a lot of opportunity to um, make those two things work harmoniously. Because once we get that shell and map working together, or at least aware of each other, um, I think it's going to be a really nice experience for our for our end users to to make apps. We need to, we need to get together at some point, Adam, because that um, UI you mentioned is exactly what I'm trying to work on for the uh, for Dev Summit next year um, to have something in place for that. So, yeah, well, so if people listening, I'm going to be talking to Adam about this specific topic because it is something I'm hoping to shoot for for Dev Summit and have some very interesting stuff. Well, I know interesting. But uh, some more um, useful stuff that people can use uh, around that time. Awesome. Yeah, looking forward to that. All right, Adam, well, I want to be respectful of your time here, but I do want to ask if you have any tips, tricks, or words of advice for listeners today. Sure. Um, spoke about it a little bit earlier, but, you know, be a product person. Take, take great interest in the work that you create, you know, whatever your role is. Um, at Esri, we have incredibly talented folks of all walks working on these products. If you don't work at Esri and you're listening, I'm sure there's a few of you, um, you likely have a similar, you know, structure at your work. So just be a product person, have influence on, on what you work on. And then I cannot take credit for this quote. I think a colleague might've mentioned it, uh, but, uh, strong beliefs loosely held. I thought that was a really interesting huh. kind of phrase that I heard recently, um, you know, Again, at Esri and externally, we're we're so lucky to work with experts, right? Everybody's an expert, um, and that means that as you work together on things, some folks might have different beliefs. If you realize that these are all kind of fleeting, it's okay to make changes to what you believe in based on what you hear, right? And I think a lot of the times in products, folks can hold things too close to the vest. Um, so you know, be open, care about what you believe in, but you know, be willing to change based on the collective expertise of your team. Awesome, man. Those are some great words of advice, man. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to The Bounty Box today. Please subscribe for more content.